It is Locked on Jazz for the 7th of February. Trade deadline week is here with the deadline the 10th. How about 18 names to consider for the Utah Jazz? Clippers and Blazers have already gotten at it. What did that tell us? A good win on Friday we'll look at, and a Trends Monday shows a brand new NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe with that little button for free, and then also hit the bell notification and let you know every single time we launch something. Otherwise, we are free on all other podcast platforms as well. Thanks very much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. One little note before we dive in, I did spend part of yesterday at Alta with Boris Diaw. He's the best. Uh, just if you're wondering how he is, he's super. Um, and he is uh, just living the life that all of us would dream we would live. He's sailing in Tahiti and Bora Bora and skiing in Utah and living in France. He's amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, just a quick update on former jazz players. Uh, good morning to Lee and Paul and PCF and Neil and... Tyler and Brandon and Derek and Christopher, thanks for joining the live broadcast today. Chat room, 18 names that we went over over the last two weeks, three weeks, when we went through every single NBA team. I think it was three weeks, two weeks. We went through 10 shows, went through every single NBA team. I thought trade deadline week, we'd review it. So starting in the Eastern Conference and kind of looking at what the possibilities are for the Utah Jazz in possible trade situations. In Atlanta, I did not include Danilo Gallinari. I just can't see us adding an aging Gallinari, 20 year million for another for next year. Um, so I'm not including that. And I just don't see us adding DeLon Wright. So I left that out. Boston, you've got Marcus Smart's been talked about. I don't know if there's a real interest there. And you've got four years, $14 million left on that deal. So you know, remember from a jazz standpoint, here's our contract situation of players that, you know, I guess you would consider. I'm just going to ignore Gobert, Mitchell, and Conley and then move, include everyone. Bogdanovich has another year left at about 19 million. Maybe it goes down a little bit, but it's in that range. Ingles as is a free agent at the end of the year. He's at 13 million. You can bring back that number. We're 14 million over the cap, so we're limited. Um, what we can do there. Clarkson's 12 million and we gave him three years. So he has two years left after this year. Uh, Royce O'Neal is about 9 million with two years left. Rudy Gay, we gave him three years as well. So he's got two more years at about 6 million. So those are your kind of movable pieces. Um, and then smaller pieces are Azubuke, Pascal, Whiteside, Hughes, Butler um, that you have to move. Marcus Smart is at 14 million. Four years left on his deal. You'd have to be willing 
to take in that and you'd have to send money back. It would have to be, you know, in some way a move, you know, we're not going to take Marcus smart for Joe Ingles and add 14 million onto our books for the next four years. I don't think. Um, so, you know, keep, that would be Josh Richardson. I'm uh two year, one year, 11 million left is available. You know, He's all right. He wasn't great in Dallas. He's been pretty good in Boston. He was good in Miami. He's at least long and lanky and can defend and more athletic. Dennis Schroeder is supposed to be available. I don't see how he matches for us at one year um, and $6 million. Uh, I'm just including every name we talked about. There was no one on Brooklyn. We get to Charlotte and there's Gordon Hayward. Two years left, $30 million each. Like, is he still have it? Is he the piece that puts us over the the top? You're only doing that deal with a lot of pieces. You know, you're saving them money. So, you're probably doing, you know, some sort of deal where they are getting off money to do that so that they can set it up to really build for the future around LaMelo Ball and, and Bridges and whatever other pieces they think are are necessary for that. Terry Rozier's floating around there at a five-year, $17 million. Again, I don't think that's something we want to have four more years of that, but I will say that's a former Danny Ainge player who he didn't keep. But, you know, again, if Charlotte's actually trying to redo their books a little bit um, to build around – LaMelo Ball and, and and Bridges, then you actually have a Miles Bridges. I think I said Mikel. Miles Bridges, and maybe you have something there, but I don't, I, I'm not sure. Cleveland's made their big move. We'll dig into that. CD Osmond's around at two years, $8 million. I don't think they're about to move that. Jeremy Grant's the much-talked-about player. One-year, $20 million contract. Um, so for the Jazz, you're, you're coupling together, um, you know, Joe Ingles, you're a lot of picks. Supposedly Detroit wants two first round picks. Karis Levert, this is relevant, just got a first rounder and an early second. And Jeremy Grant's probably better than Karis Levert. Um, so, you know, worth noting Cleveland paid a, a mid 20s first rounder and a uh, second round pick. Our difficulty is a lot of our picks are already out. We moved a pick with the Derek Favors deal. Um, and so for us to start giving, you can't trade back to back first round picks. And so you're suddenly having to move. You're going to move, uh, you have to move down the line. We just don't know where we're going to be down the line. And so it gets very risky. We, if we're going to make a deal at this point, which involves a bunch of draft picks, we better know that this gives uh, increases our chances to win it act, uh, considerably. And we'll talk about, you know, kind of where the league is before we're done today. Um, cause I think that's a really interesting aspect, um, to all of this is kind of where the league is, um, Indiana miles Turner's a one-year $18 million deal. A bunch of people flow to this is like this interesting idea of us going big again. It's actually interesting. Um, I don't know, um, how we do it or if it really works or if you try to implement that in the middle of a season and he's going to be a free agent worth too much you'd, and you'd really be just renting. He's got one year, 18 million left. So you do it. For another year, it's a it's a wild concept. Um, you're starting Turner and, and Gobert, your mammoth. You have the two best rim defenders in the NBA. Uh, then, you know, somehow they, to get Turner to play 26, 28 minutes a night, you're going to have to play them together for 14 minutes a night. You might be back to the terrible spacing and of the favors era, though. Turner can shoot the three adequately. He can shoot it. It doesn't always go in. Uh, we see the Knicks tonight. Uh, nobody on Miami. Nobody on Milwaukee. Alec Burks, two year, ten million. Uh, I actually did a podcast with Locked On Knicks about it. They wanted draft picks. Um, that would be if the Knicks were trying to clear space in some way. He's got two years, $10 million left. You do the Joe Ingles on that, you save $3 million this year, and you get um, Alec Burks. That's an interesting one, but you have – here's the big question on the Jazz. They're so far over the tax of $14 million. 
you know, Joe Ingles, they didn't, they hadn't given Joe Ingles an extension because I don't think that slot of money was one they expected to spend next year or it's how they wanted to spend that one. And so is Alec Burks, do you really want to have 10 million of Alec Burks or anyone for that matter in Joe Ingles slot next year? You know, that's the difficulty here for the Jazz is considering the fact that they're currently 14 million over the luxury tax. You, if Joe Ingles' contract could come off the books and the tax is reportedly going up, the Jazz are kind of back under the tax next year and don't get into the repeater. And then if they want to sign a mid-level exception or something, they can without going too far over the tax. If you trade someone for Joe Ingles' slot with years left, that's your move for next year. You're back to $13, $14 million over the cap. You're probably not signing a mid-level exception. So that's your move for next year. You know, is Alec Burks or someone of this sort enough for that move? Marcus Smart, that's your move. Like, you're done. Um, If you're signing, trading Joe Ingles for Marcus Smart and Boston gets out from under the contract and you're probably giving up picks or something. I don't know, four years of contracts, an awful lot, uh, Marcus Smart. So, you know, these are complicated things, but that's what you have to kind of realize is that that's, that's the impact of this. We're not entirely sure you want to do that. Um, Orlando and uh, has Gary Harris, who is a t- free agent at the end of the year, 20 million. You'd have to just believe Gary Harris changes who we are as a team um, and that he brings a toughness and a defensive prowess and his knees are still good enough to do that and you're willing to trade. And Orlando would have to somehow want somebody with a contract um, left for the Jazz to be able to do that. Probably have to give a pick as well. Uh, Siakam was the wild card we talked about. I don't think Toronto's playing pretty well. I don't think they want to undo their team, but two year, 33 million. And we don't actually have expirings because Clarkson has two more years left. Rudy Gay has two more years left. Boyan has one more year left. It wouldn't really give Toronto any flexibility. I can't see that. Dinwiddie and and Washington's been talked about a lot as a two year, uh, $17 million left on his deal. Two years after this year and 17, that's a lot. Again, same concept. Um, Unless, you know, in that case, you're moving Clarkson and, and Rudy Gay for Spencer Dinwiddie, and you think that makes us a better team, and you're out, and, and the Jazz are advantageous that they're out from under two years of Clarkson and Rudy Gay's contracts. But I don't know that the Washington supposedly wants off uh, Spencer Dinwiddie in some way. We talked about Dallas. They're the most interesting team going to the deadline. They have contract problems, both with Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith, that they can't re-sign them next year. So you send them somebody who they can re-sign because they have the bird rights or who has, more importantly, who has years left on their deal. It's not that they don't want to go in the tax. It's that they can't really offer those guys what the market's going to offer them next year. And so, you know, there is some value. that If you send them something they want for one of those players, it's advantageous for them. Um, so that's a little bit of an interesting uh, possibility there. Eric Gordon has been talked about. He's got two years, 18 left. This is the same thing. You know, you put the Joe Ingles contract with, you know, Rudy Gay to get to 18. I'm just quickly making up 18. Um, and to get to Eric Gordon, but you now have 18 million on your books for each of the next two years. And that's the same. That's your move. You're done now. Um, and is that really what the Jazz want to be able to do? Um, and is that the move that they want to, you know, that they're willing to make there? Um, an interesting little thing in Memphis has too many players. They're going to have to move someone. D'Anthony Melton has two years left at 8 million each defensive-minded, probably could teach him how to shoot, probably could teach him how to ball handle. I think he's interesting. I don't know that Memphis wants to trade with us, and I'm not sure what the cost on that would be, but it, it's interesting. Josh Hart, two years left after this year at $12 million. It's interesting. Kendrick Williams is going to be traded for great value at one year, $2 because he does a lot of things, and Oklahoma City has a fine there. 
Um, and then the final pieces of this puzzle, uh, Harrison Barnes, one year after this one, 20 million. Same thing we're talking about. That's that's your move. That one's pretty good. Um, but you also better figure out a way that you're out from under, you know, you're you're moving, you're taking in a lot of contract. If you use Ingles on that, you're taking in money that you now have allocated for next year into the cap. And then the one I think is super interesting is Derek White. Three years, 15 million. That's a that's a bad contract for San Antonio. And would they be willing to get off that one with three years, 15 million left? And can we do it where we're moving contract rather than just free agency contract? Uh, quite frankly, I know all of you are asking the next question. What's the deal I think is most likely? The deal I think is most likely is Joe Ingles and some other piece to Oklahoma City where we then um, remove restrictions on a draft pick we owe them and we get under the luxury tax. It's boring. It's good for, ba- it's good for the franchise. Um, but there's no reason to have Joe's contract on the books when he's not going to play, pushing you over the luxury tax. So that's the deal I think is most likely. I'll take some of your questions uh, coming up and also look at the deals that already went down and what the Clippers just did, what Portland's doing, what Karis LeVert's deal tells us, as well as take some of your comments as we continue on Locked On Jazz today. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also in Logan. Chevy truck lineup, it's awesome. Silverado and the Colorado, no one makes a truck like Chevy. The Murdoch family's been in Utah for 90 years, and they're not going to charge you more than MSRP. So you get a great deal there. And then you've also got the SUV lineup with the tracks start working its way up to the Equinox, to the Blazer that's just so cool. And then you know the Suburban, uh, as well as the Tahoe, the great Chevy uh, vehicles that are there for you. So make sure you go check it all out at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and in Logan. If you want to stop by, feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. It's funny, uh, I, this weekend I had I saw a friend and uh, was doing, and I had a built bar with me, and they're like, what are those? And they tried the Chiro Puffs, um, which actually are not available anymore, and they were super bummed, and they thought they were amazing. And then I gave had them try the coconut brownie chunk, and they thought that was amazing. And so... Um, of course, they then immediately ordered using the promo code LOCK15 because they'd never tasted anything like it. Um, I clearly have not gotten to my Built Bar um, yet today. Built Bar, it is the candy bar that is uh, my protein bar. Basically, that's what it is. The puffs are amazing. I just ordered the coconut marshmallow because I want to try it. New mixed bag, new mixed box, 12 flavors available that include the Chiro Puff as well as the coconut marshmallow puff. So that's a pretty good little packet. Also has coconut. It has coconut almond and raspberry and a bunch of others in the 12-pack. Uh, you can also just order two, coconut brownie chunk and coconut of your coconut, mint brownie and double chocolate, whatever it might be. And whatever you get, you end up with this incredible 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, and 17 grams of protein. It is built bar. Locked 15 is your promo code. All right, a lot of different uh, comments. Let me just quickly scan. Um, any chance the Jazz could acquire a player into the favor $7.1 million trade exemption as a salary dump and get a first and then combine the salary and pick with Joe's contract at a $20 million player? Larry, that is working. So, yes, that's like that's very creative. Um, that $7.5 million trade exception might allow the Jazz to get inside of another deal that's going down. And then that is a really fabulous way to go um, to do a deal where you get a $20 million player. Now, 
the the $20 million player I'm sure you're talking about is Harrison Barnes or Eric Gordon, because those are $20 million players, um, or even Gary Harris. On the case of Gordon and the case of Barnes, that's $20 million, or even Jeremy Grant, they're all $20 million players. Then that's a $20 million player that's now on your books next year. And so that's great for now, but you've also just taken Joe Ingles' $13 million expiring contract, a non-contract in favors, added $7 million onto our payroll for this season, which pushes us, probably would cost us about $21 million in tax. I think we're about that two, I think it's two to one, 2.5 to one or something like that. I got to go check that out. And then next year would have us over, you know, another $20 million over the tax from where we already are now, because you filled Joe's contract. So from a, from a dealing standpoint, Larry, it's fantastic. Um, except for the fact that uh, Jorgis is telling you, you cannot combine a trade exception and a player to make a deal. I didn't think he was combining a trade exception. He was taking a player in on a trade exception on a dump, then moving that player with Ingles to, so that's the deal. The deal would be Joe and Ink and the player you've just acquired out together. So I don't think he's aggregating in that. That's why I thought it was all right. Jorgis is very good at this. Anyway, the problem of that is you've just added $20 million to your, to your payroll off contracts that weren't going to be on the books next year. How do we acquire Jeremy Grant? Here's the question I have for everybody. Did anybody not? I mean, Jeremy Grant's a nice player, but did anybody not see Donovan Mitchell torch Jeremy Grant in the bubble? Like, it's so interesting to me that our fan base is the one that like has decided that Jeremy Grant is the end-all answer to perimeter defense. When I watched Tory and Tory Craig's our other one, and I watched Tory Craig and Jeremy Grant get blistered by Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. For an ent- in the bubble. Now, hey, it was the bubble and the bubble's a little different, but I, I don't think, like, it's super interesting to me that these are that these are the guys, like, we have that player that is that unbelievable piece and and, you, and I'm and I, like, and you guys are sitting there telling me that the guy we've got to go get is is Jeremy Grant, Donovan Mitchell went 22 of 42 from the field, 52% and hit 12 of 21 threes, 57% and eight of nine from the free throw lane when guarded by Jeremy Grant in that series. Like, it's really interesting to me that we've just decided, oh, the national media says Jeremy Grant. Like we have firsthand experience of Donovan just blistering this guy. Now maybe he's gotten, I can't imagine he's gotten better defensively while shooting more. Um, you know, see that. Truth be told, Rudy's contract killed the Jazz. Can't wait to see what Ainge will do. I don't see that at all, um, particularly because without Rudy's contract, we are not very good. So I don't see that. Uh, reports that Hawks are offering John Collins for Marcus Smart and Josh Richardson. Jazz can't match that. Nope, we cannot. Um, that would be an interesting deal. That is that is true. Uh, I, you know, I we don't have a lot of bows in our quiver as they say i think if we're going to get a deal done that's first of all if we got a good offer here's the game you're playing as a gm right now the game you're playing right now is if you get a good offer right now do you are you willing to pull the trigger right now or do you wait and see what i do think is interesting and the clippers just did the opposite on this that i didn't expect is 
the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, also deep in the tax, pretty limited in what in personnel-wise, what they can do. So I it felt to me as though there was going to be a limited um a limited group of teams that were actually active in the market so that someone like Sacramento per se per se or or Detroit with one of these players hoping to get two first round draft picks suddenly has a lack of market and at the last minute they come back to the Jazz and say we'll do this and i kind of feel like that's all we have here is that that Justin and Danny can and try to be as active as they want but we don't have a lot of bows on our quiver and so i think we're we have to kind of watch the marketplace and if somebody gets in a bind be available for them to make that deal. And that's when Danny's made his best deals is when people are, are in a bind. Uh, the, the deal that went down this weekend, the Clippers, I mean, tax is obviously irrelevant. This is pretty crazy what they're doing tax wise, but that's a great pickup. Norman Powell, I thought was one of the most interesting trade prospects out there. He does have four years, $15 million left, but I think he's really, really good. And then Robert Covington, I don't love, um, but on that roster, boy, you can use him in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, Kevin Pelton points out, Robert Covington's teams have always played better with Robert Covington on the floor. Um, but they get Robert Covington, who's a free agent at the end of this year, so they're paying the $12 million this year for that. Norman Powell's got four years left, and that's really what Portland wanted to get off of. Portland gets Keon Johnson, and then Eric Bledsoe's contract's only got $4 million guaranteed. So they basically got two expire, you know, got a basically an expiring deal um, out of that for the jazz to have people won. Why couldn't have we done that? We would have had to get to $28 million, which probably is, you know, Ingles Clarkson and some combination of something else. Clarkson's got two years left on that deal, or we're willing to go Bogdanovich Ingles. I, I don't know if we like this. I don't know that that actually makes us better, to trade Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich has a full 18 left on his deal next year. So we couldn't have done anything near what the Clippers did for Portland with expirings. And then I also don't know that we would have wanted to do that deal. So it's, again, that's kind of my example. Where we just don't have a lot of bows in our quiver right now uh, to be able to, to make some of these deals um, happen. Karis Levert gets traded for a first round pick and an early twenty in an early second round pick. I I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I don't love Karis Levert. He's a he's an inefficient player. He's always been lowest low, low, low on points gained. I get Cleveland can't score right now with Darius Garland off the floor. I, I just don't know that the perception of Karis Levert is the same thing as the reality. Um, but if Karis Levert's getting you a 20s first round pick, it does lead me to think that Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant, if I'm Detroit and Sacramento, I'm like, okay, my player's way better than that. Um and Eric Gordon probably might even get your first round pick too, though he's older. Um, Lavert's got one year left on his deal, I believe, uh, and you know Gordon's got two, so maybe Eric Gordon's not a, um, you know, I, I I don't think Eric Gordon is a um, is a is a first round pick yielder um, in that process. Uh, so we'll see. A uh, lot of Jazz get ready tonight to play the New York Knicks. You can get uh, all the fun at, and lines at betonline.net. The Rams are now a four-point favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this weekend. Uh, NBA lines tonight. The Jazz are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Knicks, despite the fact Rudy Gobert's not playing. That's surprising. Phoenix is an eight-point favorite in Chicago. Wow, that's surprising 
um, to me as well. I would not have expected those numbers. Bet online as you cover the season with more props, odds, lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs in the big game. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute influence pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of your new amazing offers available at 2020 season. Bet online where the game starts. You know what I want to check? Bet online is whether or not the Brooklyn Nets, losers of eight straight, are still the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. Now, they are not losing games with their guys, The Nets are plus 375. The Warriors are plus 375. So that's now even. Phoenix is plus 500. Milwaukee's plus 650. Miami and Utah are plus 1,200. And Philadelphia is plus 500. The Nets are still the favorite to win the East at plus 200 with the Bucs at 275 and the Heat at plus 500. And on the uh, to win the West, Warriors are plus 175. Phoenix plus 250. Jazz at plus 550. That's interesting. Uh, we I like to do trends Monday um, for you, but I will say I think this is super interesting, and that is that one thing that happened last year that we talked about was all of these teams in the league being able to have kind of an equal opportunity to winning the title, right? Well, that has certainly happened here at a at an all time level because. What you suddenly have happening in the NBA right now, particularly in the Eastern Conference, is absolutely no separation between the various teams and what's taking place. And if you look at the NBA standings right now, it's it's truly remarkable. Um, the, the number in the NBA standings right now is the Heat are in first, the Bulls and the Bucks are a half game back, the Cavaliers are one game back. The 76ers are game and a half back. They have five teams within a game and a half. The West is not the same, but you've had the Jazz dealing with major injuries, Dallas kind of being out of it, Denver with major injuries, Clippers and Lakers with major injuries. So it's not the same, but this is the new kind of NBA and where we're heading on um, on all, you know, with just no dominant team. It's what makes the trade deadline Interesting is that I think you have a feeling that you could probably, you know, make some inroads in a way that you wouldn't uh, be able to otherwise. I always like to look at trends. Trends have been weird this year. We haven't done a lot of it because of the fact that COVID has kind of screwed everything up. Boston is is over the last two weeks is a plus 17. Golden State a plus 13. Phoenix a plus 10. Memphis a plus 10. Minnesota plus 8. And Toronto plus 8. So those are the hot teams in the NBA. Super cold is Houston, Brooklyn, Washington, Sacramento, Portland, and Indiana. The top offenses in the league are Golden State, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Chicago, and Memphis. The top defenses are Boston, Oklahoma City, Miami, Cleveland, Toronto, and Memphis. The bottom defenses are Houston, Brooklyn, Indiana, Chicago, interestingly, with all their injuries, Washington, Sacramento, and San Antonio. And the bottom offenses are Washington, Sacramento, Portland, New York, Oklahoma City, and Detroit. Sacramento's a mess. They're 27th in the league on that. So, um, Anyway, all uh, that's kind of where we sit. From the Jazz standpoint, Friday night was a long time ago, so don't want to spend a lot of time. I just thought the energy was great again. You're playing an underman team that's not playing well. The ball movement was great. 
Um, there was a there was a spirit to the way the Jazz were playing that has lacked uh, this year, and I think that was was noticeable. Uh, I love the fact that you know Azubuke has another good game, did a great job holding in in a way that I just never expect him to. Uh, Jared Butler and Trent Forrest brought that spirit. So uh, and Eric Pascal has been outstanding. So really cool to see the Jazz kind of de- uh, getting a deeper deeper. Uh, bench along the way. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you uh, enjoyed the day. And uh, we're almost back to full strength, hopefully by the end of the week. Knock on wood that we get there. Right now, go take your second listen of the day. Go listen to Locked on NBA and get ready for the trade deadline with the national conversation on the Locked on Podcast Network.